turning in your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, and we want to read just one verse, and that's verse 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank You for the wonderful words of life that are in this book. And we pray that by Your Spirit this morning, You would open our eyes to behold those wondrous words. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The last several messages in our study of two Christians in the days of Lot, we've been focusing on Abraham the man who was obedient and surrendered and separated to the Lord. Abraham, the man who is the example of how believers should be living in these days of Lot. This morning, as we begin to bring these studies to a close, we want to turn our attention to the man for whom these days are named. And that is Lot. And they're named for him because the Lord Jesus is telling us there in Luke chapter 17 that Lot will characterize and illustrate the way that believers will be living in the last days. That makes Lot very important to those who are saved. It makes him a point of examination for every believer. Because we're the generation that is living in the days of Lot. When the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, is about to be revealed to His people as He comes to the air to deliver the godly and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And so it's important that we look at this man's life. Lot, as we read in the verse that is our text, was the son of Haran. He was the grandson of Terah. He was the nephew of Abram. <coughs> Excuse me. Lot was born in Ur of the Chaldees. Ur was located in Mesopotamia. We learn that in Acts chapter 7 and verse 2. Mesopotamia is the name given to the land between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. It's also known as Babylon or Babylonia in what we now know as Iraq. Ur was part of the ancient Sumerian civilization. And it was the most powerful city-state in that civilization. It was located in the plain of Shinar. And it was a place of idolatry. Lord willing, we may look at this verse of Scripture next week, but we learn that it was a place of idolatry, specifically as it relates to 
Abraham and his family in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 2. It's a place of idolatry, but what was the religion of Ur of the Chaldees? Well, we see it in this chapter. If you look at verse 1 of this 11th chapter, We read there, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. This is Babel. This is the beginning of Nimrod's kingdom that we read about in chapter 10 in the land of Shinar. This is where they were building a city and a tower. And it's here in verse 3 that we see the religion of Ur of the Chaldees. We see it in the words in verse 3, and they had brick for stone. We've talked over the years about the critical importance of those words. And we've talked about how this is not just an architectural or a structural substitution on the part of these people. It literally happened. But it demonstrates, and the Spirit of God is telling us in those three words, brick for stone, the spiritual condition, the philosophy, the religion of the people of the land of Shinar. Brick is man-made. Stone is God-made. The people of Ur of the Chaldees, the people of the land of Shinar, chose what man made over what God made. And so the religion of Ur of the Chaldees was humanism. Humanism. Man in the place of God. They worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. That was the religion of the days of Lot. And it's the religion of the days of Lot today. And they had brick for stone. Man and what he has made in the place of God. The stone. The Lord Jesus Christ. Humanism is the national religion of America. In this brick for stone substitution... We see so many things that are taking place in our day. We can see the evolution for creation substitution of these days of Lot. This nation has chosen to build our society on the man-made brick, the man-made lie of evolution, and we have substituted that brick for the God-made stone of creation. And as a result, human life has been so degraded and devalued that we've murdered 64 million babies in this country. The Democrat Party wants to kill babies right up to the moment of birth. Tried to pass a bill like that in May. The war over the brick of abortion versus the stone of life. The stone of babies made in the image of God. 
is on. We get an example of it from time to time. We got an example of it this week. The strategy of the war. Did you hear what Stacey Abrams, the Democrat candidate for governor of Georgia, said this week? You know, the Stacey Abrams that still denies the election results when she lost the governor's race in Georgia in 2018. Imagine, she said the election was stolen from her. Of course, she's in the right party to be an election denier. The Democrats have denied the results of the presidential elections of 2000 and 2004 and 2016. But that's okay. It's okay for Democrats to do. It's Republicans who are not allowed to challenge or question the results of elections lest they be called insurrectionists. But back to Stacey Abrams. She wants to convince people that protecting children from abortion after a heartbeat is detected. There are a number of states that have heartbeat laws and so she is afraid and her party is afraid that that's going to spread throughout the country. She says that's bad science. But it gets better. She said, quote, there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound. And what she means is that the sound of the heartbeat of a baby at six weeks is actually a sound that is manufactured by the ultrasound machine. It is a manufactured sound, says Abrams, designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Folks, that is brick for stone. In this brick for stone, we can see the LGBTQ movement. The brick that men can make themselves women and women can make themselves men substituted for the truth, for the stone of the Word of God, the Creator. In Genesis 1.27, where He says that God created them, male and female, and you are one or the other. There is no third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth choice. In this brick for stone, we can see the brick of same-sex marriage substituted for the stone of the Lord God making a woman and bringing her unto the man, bringing her unto Adam and joining them in marriage. And at that first marriage, the Creator God said something we ought to pay attention to. What therefore God hath joined together. He's joined a man and a woman only together in marriage. What therefore God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder. And yet that's exactly what man has done. It's what the United States Senate wants to do. They want to codify or codify into law with a bill that is called, interestingly enough, the Respect for Marriage Act. The House has already passed it with the help of 47 Republicans. 
They want to pass into federal law the brick of same-sex marriage over the stone of the truth of the Word of God. Marriage as God established it. By the way, our Senator Tom Tillis is working with Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin. She's the first openly gay person to be elected to the Senate. She's the primary sponsor of the bill. And Kristen Sinema, Democrat from Arizona, the first openly bisexual woman elected to the Senate. Senator Tillis is working with them to get this brick for stone passed. As Senator Baldwin said, quote, the day after election day. Folks, I think we had an impact. Our calls and our emails to the senator's offices, and not just here in this state, we haven't changed Tillis's mind yet, but people around the country calling their senators made a difference. They, they took it, they decided not to have a vote on it. They decided to move the vote to after election day. That'll take some of the pressure off, I'm sure, but we don't need to let our guard down. And this brick for stone is the brick of human scholarship and the textual criticism of Westcott and Hort substituted for the stone of the Word of God, the King James Bible, the inspired and infallible and preserved Word of God. And as a result, churches and schools and ministries all over this country are weak and powerless and headed toward apostasy. Everywhere we turn. That's why these words are so important. They give such an understanding to the times that we're living in. Everywhere we turn, we see brick, man-made thoughts and ideas and traditions and, and, and doctrines substituted for stone, the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. But what we want to think about is, and it's always easier to think about what's out there. But what we want to think about is that it's not just out there. This philosophy, brick for stone, is not just out there. It's in here. It's in here. By nature, we've substituted brick, our own thoughts and ideas and beliefs about life. We've substituted living and doing things our way. We've substituted that brick and we're building our lives with it just as hard and fast as we can and by nature we reject the stone, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look over at Psalm 118, if you will. Psalm 118. Look at verse 22. <clears throat> Psalm 118 and verse 22. The stone which the builders refused is become the head stone of the corner. The stone which the builders refused is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the builders here in this verse are not some nameless, faceless group of people. We're the builders. 
By nature, we have refused the stone. We have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have rejected Him. We hate Him so much by nature and refuse to have this man reign over us to the point that we put Him to death. We, our sin, crucified the Lord of glory just exactly like we were there. We're the builders who refuse the stone. But listen to this verse. God has made this stone the head of the corner. The stone which the builders rejected, God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And He has set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Isaiah 28 and verse 16 tells us that God has taken the Lord Jesus and laid Him in Zion for a foundation. He's laid Him there as a tried stone. A stone that has been tested and tried in the fire of God's judgment for our sins. And who rose victorious because He finished the work of salvation. God raised Him from the dead. God has laid the Lord Jesus there as a precious cornerstone, as a sure foundation. And whosoever, we read in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 44, shall fall on this stone, shall be broken. To fall on this stone, to fall on the Lord Jesus Christ, is to believe on Him. To fall on this stone is to be broken over our sin. Broken over what we are by nature. To fall on this stone is to lose our life and die. To fall on this stone is to receive the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is so amazing is that when we fall on that stone, when we fall on the Lord Jesus and we receive His life, we become like Him. We become living stones. That's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. Peter says of those who know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, ye also as lively stones. That word lively means living, full of life, full of the life of Christ. Raised from the dead of our trespasses and sins. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. When we fall on the stone, we become lively stones that, has, that have as our sure foundation that tried stone that precious cornerstone, Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, God's people are not bricks. They're not bricks. They're stones. Lively stones. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 
And when God's people build spiritually on that only foundation that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, we're not to build with brick. We're to build with stone. And we're to be very careful, very careful how we handle the stone. Turn over, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, I want to look at verse 8. The Lord sent a word into Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samaria, that say in the pride and stoutness of heart, Listen to what these people say in the pride and stoutness of heart. The bricks are falling down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against Him and join His enemies together. God is speaking to Israel here. And he's telling us of these people who say in the pride and stoutness of their heart, the bricks are falling down. Now that's what we would expect to happen, isn't it? That's what we would expect to happen to the thoughts and the ideas and the traditions and the doctrines and the ways of man. If that's what you're building with, one day the bricks are going to fall down. The bricks are falling down. And and you know, as we, we think about that, that might seem to be a good thing to come to that point. But notice what these people decide to do. The bricks are falling down, but we will build with hewn stones. Now again, on the surface, this might appear to be a good thing. They're forsaking their brick. They're going to build with stone. But notice the kind of stone that they're going to build with. The bricks are falling down, but we will build with hewn stones. Folks, there's a problem with hewn stones. And God tells us the problem with hewn stones. He tells us in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 25, He says, And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stones. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Why would the Lord say that? He says that because we are not to shape and make the stone what we want Him to be, we're to allow the stone, the Lord Jesus Christ, to shape us and make us what He wants us to be. We're to let Him conform us to His image. These people here in Isaiah are not going to build with plain stones as they find them. 
where they would have to change their plans to fit the stone. No, they're going to lift up their tool. They're going to lift up the tool of their will and their plan and they're going to change and alter and shape the stone to fit their design and to fit their plan. Folks, this is the deception of the days of Lot that we're living in. We live in a world system that has brick for stone. We live in a world system that has put man in the place of God. We just mentioned uh, three examples among many, many examples. And we can see that brick very carefully. It's, it's everywhere out there. But that's why we said we wanted to think about in here. We see that brick very plainly in our government. We see it in our educational system. But the deception of this hour in the spiritual is in the spiritual world. The, the deception of this hour is not brick for stone, but hewn stone for stone. That's the deception of this hour. Remember what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 and 5? He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. I read that a certain way for many years. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. In other words, saying, they're, they're, they're Christ. No. The Lord's talking about deception. And the deception is when many come in His name saying, I am Christ. Not that they are Christ, but agreeing that He is Christ and shall deceive many. And it will be that way because they will hold up a stone. A stone. And it will be a hewn stone. A stone that man has taken his tool to mold and shape. And so it will be a polluted stone. It will be another Jesus that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. All over this country this morning on radio and television and, and pulpits, pastors and teachers and evangelists are looking at people and they're telling them, the bricks are falling down in your life. And what you need in your life is this hewn stone. What you need is this Jesus. This Jesus who you can take. And you can take your tool. And you can take this Jesus and you can change and alter and, and, and fit Him into your life. You can add this hewn stone to your life just as it is. And keep living. Keep living just like you're living. You can replace the bricks that are falling down with this hewn stone and go on with your life. Go on with your plans with this hewn Jesus in your life. 
And untold multitudes do that in this country and call themselves Christians. But folks, they haven't accepted the Lord. They haven't fallen on the stone and been broken. They've received another Jesus, a hewn Jesus who fits their life so that there's no need to change their plans. No need to deny themselves. No need to die to self. That's a very deceptive situation. When people take their bricks that are falling down and build with hewn stones, it makes it hard to look out there on the spiritual landscape and tell who's who. I'm going to tell you how bad it gets. Only God knows who's who. Don't have time to talk about the wheat and the tares. But this contrast between stone and hewn stone is exactly what we find in the parable of the the wheat and the tares. Only God's going to be able to separate them. That's how good the counterfeits are. The sad reason that it makes it so hard to look out there on the spiritual landscape and tell who's who is because true believers, so many The ones who really know the Lord as their Savior. The ones who have Him as their precious cornerstone. Who have Him as their sure foundation. Many times, we like to use hewn stones in building our lives. We're on the foundation. But we like these hewn stones because we can lift up the tool of our will and fit and shape and change them to fit the plan that we have for our life without any change, without any sacrifice. And people look out and they see all these stone buildings, all these stone lives, and they all look the same. They're all made out of stone, and you can't really tell which ones are lively stones and which ones are hewn stones. It's hard to tell them from the human perspective. Who's saved and who's lost? Lost people profess to be saved. Saved people live like lost people. It makes for confusion. The kind of confusion that we have here in these days of Lot. Listen, if we're saved this morning, the only way that our life is going to count for eternity is if we take the stone the Lord Jesus Christ. Take Him as we find Him here in the Word of God without any attempt in the pride and stoutness of our heart to lift up the tool of our will upon Him to hew Him and make Him altogether such an one as ourselves and shape and fit and mold Him to fit our life. That's not how we're to live the Christian life. But when we take the Lord Jesus as we find Him here in the Word of God, then our plans change to fit the stone. We don't have to hammer and and take our tool and alter here and take off a little there to fit into the building of our life. We're talking about what Paul refers to in in Romans 8.29, being conformed to the image of His Son. And when that happens in our lives, then our house is going to look different. We won't 
won't look like all the other stone houses around us. In fact, we'll begin to look like a peculiar people. We'll look strange. We'll look odd to the world the way the Lord intended for us to look. We'll begin to look like a people who are set apart by God for His own possession, for His own purpose. We'll be a spiritual house and we can offer up spiritual sacrifices. And the first one is our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Now maybe you're wondering what all this has to do with Lot. I believe it has a great deal to do with Lot. This is the world that Lot lived in. Lot was born in Ur of the Chaldees in the land of Shinar in a place where the building philosophy and the spiritual philosophy were to use brick for stone. A place where what man made was substituted for what God made. In the days of Lot, the religion was secular humanism. And that's the religion of these days of Lot. In the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Spiritually, we are living exactly where Lot was. In Ur of the Chaldees, in the land of Shinar, Sodom. If you're lost today, you have brick for stone in your life. You've substituted your own thoughts and your own ideas and beliefs. You've substituted living and doing things your own way. And you've rejected the stone, the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps when the bricks fell down in your life, when your thoughts and your ideas and your plans didn't work out very well, you did exactly what these people did here. And what so many people do in this hour, you knew that you needed the Lord. But in the pride and in the stoutness of your heart, you wanted the Lord on your terms. So you began in your own will to build with hewn stones. Stones that you shaped and stones that you cut and stones that you fitted to your liking. You wanted the Lord, but you didn't want to give up your life. And so these hewn stones allowed you to alter and change and change these stones to fit your design and your plan and there you sit. Outwardly everything looks great, doesn't it? Every stone is in place. Outwardly you look like a Christian. But inwardly you're just like you were. Inwardly, you have brick for stone. Inwardly, you're lost and unchanged and on your way to hell. The bricks have fallen in your life. But have you ever fallen on the stone and been broken? That's the question. Have you ever come to the end of yourself and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save you? Save you. And no matter how good you might look on the outside, until you do that, you're lost. We mentioned Matthew 21 and verse 44. If you'd like to turn over there, 
we mentioned it a few moments ago, Matthew chapter 21. The Lord Jesus says in verse 42, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corn? We're just reading about that back in Psalm. But look at verse 44. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. You're either going to fall on the stone now and be saved, or one day the stone is going to fall on you in eternal judgment. Right now, we're living in a gap of time between this word broken and this word but. Whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. That gap of time is the day of grace and it could end at any moment. That's why the Lord says, Today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your heart. It's why He says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today, right where you are, Right now, you can fall on the stone and be saved. If we're saved, we need to examine ourselves today to see if we're taking the Lord Jesus and His Word and hewing it and shaping it to fit our plans, to fit our lives the way we want them to be, instead of allowing the stone to hew and shape and mold us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. And we thank You that wherever we go in this book, we see the message of the Gospel. We pray if there's anyone here today who has never fallen on the stone and been broken, broken over their sin, broken over their part in the death of the Lord of glory. We pray that right now You would speak to their hearts. We pray that right now they would fall on the stone and be broken and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And Father, if we know You today, help us to look around at our life. If we're saved, we're on that foundation, the only foundation that can be laid, which is Jesus Christ. But how are we building? How are we building? Are we taking Him as we find Him here in His Word and being built up into a spiritual house, or are we taking the tool of our will and using hewn stones to build up a house here in this world? We pray that You would help us to examine ourselves today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.